1: Hello again, everybody. It's Mike Petralia, TRAGS. It's episode 238 of Patriots Beat on the CLNS Media Network. Follow us at our just relaunched website, www.clnsmedia.com. Also, follow us on two places on Twitter, at CLNS Media. And for Patriots and NFL-centric news, at Patriots CLNS. You can also follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Media. My pleasure to welcome to the program somebody I go way back with. As a matter of fact, to the beginning of my days here in New England, covering the Patriots and everything sports, the co-host with me of Sports on WKOX back in the day, John Mita-Perell, how the hell are you?
0: Mike, I'm doing great, man. Thanks for the uh, outstanding introduction, and I will never forget those days. That's like asking me if I remember my first date. Of course I remember the days of smorgasbord. I mean, you were – are you kidding me? You were instrumental in the success of that show.
1: You know, it just – it made me feel at home, and and God bless your late father. Um, He was – Steve Meter Perel. he was um, somebody who always believed in me, and uh, I got to tell you – He is he will always have a very very fond spot in my heart
0: well you're very nice to say that mike yeah my dad was a huge fan of yours we knew right when we met you i believe the first day we met you we said we got to use this guy and that was all my dad was a huge believer in what you were doing he loved the fact that you worked your butt off and you were at every event and we always could rely upon you so you built a terrific career and uh, thank you for saying that
1: anytime meter um I'm going to get on to the business right now, uh, John, of the NFL draft is coming up. And, of course, uh, everybody is looking forward uh, to April 26th to the 28th in Dallas, Texas. And uh, regionally and locally, people around here are wondering what the Patriots are going to do. And I think there are three players that you're intimately familiar with, having done their play-by-play at Boston College. Um, three players that certainly I think could fit in uh, to the Patriots scheme, uh, maybe certainly early on, uh, in the draft, but perhaps, uh, later on down the road, obviously, uh, we're talking about, um, the defensive end, Harold Landry, a uh, guy that's played linebacker slash defensive end, the, the classic three, four, uh, hybrid, right?
0: Uh, oh, yeah. Harold Landry is a phenomenal fit for many teams, uh, you know, it's funny, if we were talking now, rewind the tape, and this time last year when Harold Landry was deciding about whether he would go into the draft, we all would have said, you know, Harold Landry, if he goes this year, he's a top-ten pick. And now we're sitting at a point now where Harold Landry might not be a top-25 pick. And it's unfortunate for him because he had an injury-wrecked senior campaign. When he played, he was productive, but he just couldn't get on the field as, as, as much as he could have. How and bad was the NFL?
1: How bad were his ahead. ankles? I'm sorry, John, but how bad were his ankles?
0: They were bad. I mean, I think they definitely were bad. I think it also came to a point, though, where Harold Landry said, I really don't want to mess with my future pro career and I might want to say, hey, I'm going to relax a little bit and let's rehab and let's see where it takes me instead of risking further injury." So it was bad enough that he couldn't get on the field for many weeks. And I know the coaching staff, you know, they, they kept kept pushing and pushing, but it comes down to the kid. I mean, you know, I can't blame the kid. I really can't. I mean, he's got a lot of money on the table. He came back. Good for him for coming back. He's getting his degree, and that's a huge thing, especially getting a BC degree. So, you know, I can't say enough about him as a person. I think he's a character kid. I think he'll work his butt off. I think he'll do whatever it takes to fit into a system. And he's, a, he's an explosive pass rusher. And if you look at the Patriots, Mike, what do they need? Yep. They need athletes. They need pass rushers.
1: That's exactly right. And obviously, uh, they just signed Adrian Claiborne, a free agent from the Falcons. And that's going to give them, you know, a veteran defensive end type of uh, uh, situational pass rusher. Uh, But I think, you know, when you're looking at a defensive end like Harold Landry, you're talking about more, I think, um, you know, a two or three down
0: type of uh, player, aren't you? Yeah, I think so. I don't think he's great against the run. Uh, I don't, and he'll, he'll tell you that. I think that's probably where they're going to find some chinks in the armor for him. I think it's probably going to be where, you know, Harold Landry is not a great edge guy. He's, he's just simply an upfield guy. I've already, I've read that as we move close to the draft. He's, as he says, he's very pliable. He can bend. He can, you know, he can jump over a building if he has to. He can jump over a 320-pound offensive lineman. He's not going to be your classic defensive end that can stuff the run. That's just not him. But I think the Patriots, if they draft him, any team that drafts him, you're going to get a two-down, three-down player, and you got to hope that he can provide an immediate impact. I, I see him as that type of player.
1: So, I mean, I started off uh, rambling here, saying that uh, there are three players that could help the Patriots, uh, potentially from Boston College, Cameron Moore and Isaac Yidam, uh, two corners that uh, certainly, you know, the Patriots would appear to be in the market uh, for a cornerback, even though they did get Jason McCourty. Um, I think, you know, when you talk about what Cameron Moore and Isaac Yidam. uh can bring uh, to any NFL team. Yaidem really did well um, in the uh, Senior Bowl. Uh, reading uh, Daniel Jeremiah, uh, a guy that stuck out uh, at the North practice uh, back in, uh, I believe it was January uh, when they had the uh, Senior Bowl, and he had he Daniel Jeremiah said that uh, item had excellent positioning downfield. You know, in watching him, what stuck out to
0: you, John? What stuck out to me about the item was the fact he got better every year. I mean, he came into BC. He was green as could be. They weren't sure he was going to be a corner. Maybe he would have to move him to safety. Even some thoughts maybe going over on the offensive side of the ball because he was such a good athlete playing at Worcester's Darty High School. Had a terrific career there. But I give BC's coaching staff a lot of credit for what they've done with the item headlined by Jim Reed as the defensive coordinator, Anthony Campanelli, their defensive backs coach. They made this kid, or with the items work, of course, they really made him into a top-tier ACC defensive back. And he would go one-on-one. He'd shut down the opposition's best receiver. Week in and week out, we saw him hold guys to three, two, one catch. He was that type of player. And he got faster. He got stronger. I think Daniel Jeremiah made that point in his, his recap of the senior bowl. He's got to turn heads because he'll flash. Every single down. I mean, this is a kid that can play four downs. He can play special teams. He can do a lot of things on the field. And I think he's a perfect patriot because he is so versatile. Bill Belichick loves versatility. And why not take a shot in the third or fourth round on Isaac Yadam?
1: Well, and uh, someone else that uh, knows Bill Belichick and knows Boston College pretty well. I think you know where I'm going with this. Mike Mayock um, watched film uh, of the yeah. that Senior Bowl and uh, he said and he didn't hold anything back, full disclosure, uh, proud to report that BCCB uh, Isaac Yidem had an outstanding day. So uh, certainly Yidem's stock has uh, risen quite a bit, um, but I want to move on from Yidem and, and talk about the other corner who uh, had a very productive final year at Boston College, Cameron Moore. I, he he, he was somebody that really stuck out every time uh, you watched B.C., especially in the second half of the year when they were making their run uh, for the bowl game to eventually lose to Iowa in the pinstripe bowl. But Cameron Moore, I thought, was really a playmaker.
0: He is a playmaker. I mean, he was hindered because he got hurt, too. Um, you'll you'll think back to what, what he was coming into the year. A lot of people thought he could be first or second team. All-ACC got hurt. Um, that was an issue for him as well. Great ball skills, outstanding work in the air, and backpedal, very fluid in his motions. Uh, another kid that got better, uh, outstanding personality, He's a team leader, uh, he always has a good thing to say about everybody. He's always upbeat. I uh, love dealing with him. I think coaching staffs would love dealing with him as well. All three players he talked about thus far. They want to learn. They're eager to learn, they're, and they're they're industrious. They're extremely, extremely smart too, and I think that's so valuable. Uh, kind of an underrated aspect of the draft. You want a kid that's going to be able to come in and learn right away. I mean, some of these systems are complex. I'm sure Matt Patricia is running a complex system in Detroit. Uh, Cameron Moore. To me, I look at that type of team and say, you know what? That's a great fit. Guy that Cameron Moore is a great fit for, for anybody. It's just a matter of, is he healed. I think he is. Uh, I think he's getting to a point now where he's just about 100%, so that will help his guys. But more like the item I see is a guy that can be a plug-and-play from day one because he can do a lot of different things.
1: Of those three, though, who has the highest ceiling?
0: I think there's no doubt that Landry does. Uh, Landry, I think, could be a 10-plus sack guy uh, every year uh so explosive Mike just a burst I mean you and I have seen a lot of good BC pass rushers I know you go back to the days of Mike Mamula uh and they've had some terrific defensive players but when Harold Landry was at optimum efficiency at 100% he was the best guy I saw rushing the passer in my time at BC
1: Let's uh move on to some of these uh, other programs that you covered Uh, meter and and have covered for a long long time that you know Bill Belichick was spotted um, looking at um, Chubb Bradley Chubb of North Carolina State and their defensive line uh, on Monday he uh, made the pro day visit down to uh, Raleigh North Carolina and was uh, looking at North Carolina State Um, what what stuck out to you about Bradley Chubb and and North Carolina State and uh, you know what kind of impact could those guys make at the NFL level?
0: Well, Chubb, like Landry, is just his explosiveness, just his athleticism. I think he's probably even a, might be a little better athlete than Harold Landry. Uh, he's got he kind of fits the mold a little bit more than Landry. He's a little bigger. He's a little more rugged. That's the thing about the NC State defense line. Those guys were just packing a wall up on every single down. It was like running into a wall. BC had trouble with that. Uh, they lost 21 14 this year. That was a crusher for them. They really felt they could win that game. They lost at home. Uh, so that's something that, you know, BC looks back on and said they missed an opportunity. But a large part of that was the front seven of NC State. So I don't blame Belichick for going to Raleigh and tapping into Dave Dorn and saying, hey, what do you have for me? You know, Chubb's going to be a top five, top 10 guy. The Patriots going to have to move up if they really want him. Uh I think in terms of their defensive linemen, they have some tremendous defensive linemen as well. Just run stuffers, though. They're not very dynamic. They're run stuffers. They're they're kind of in the mold of a Vince Wilfork, uh, maybe not as athletic as Vince. But, you know, those are guys, I think, around the ACC this year, we saw a lot of defensive players. Clemson's got everybody coming back next year. We all thought they would go pro. They're all coming back. If they didn't come back, those guys would be first and second round. There's no doubters. Christian Wilkins, Trevor Lawrence, you name, or Dexter Lawrence, you name it, they got it at Clemson. But around the ACC, we saw ultra-run stoppers, and it was hard to run against any defense because teams are getting more stout up front. Speaking with uh, Boston College football
1: and basketball, play-by-play man John Meter perell Hey, listen up, guys. 66% of men lose their hair by the age of 35. Hard to believe. Thing is, when you start to notice hair loss, it can be too late. It's easier to keep the hair you have than replace the hair you've lost. Is that hairline slowly starting to move backwards? Any bald spots yet? How will you feel a year from now if it's business as usual up there? I ask you right now, Right here, right now. Do you want a bald spot to pop up or do you want to do something about it first? Here's a solution. Go to 4 What is 4hyms.com? Simply said, it's a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, sexual wellness for men. Thanks to science, baldness can be optional. Hymns connects you with real doctors and medical-grade solutions to treat hair loss. Order now. My listeners get a trial month of hymns for just $5 today, right now while supplies last. See website for the full details. This would cost hundreds if you were to go to the doctor or a pharmacy. But I'm telling you right now, go to hymns.com do your homework. Go to himscom slash TRAGS, that's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash TRAGS for Hims.com slash Trags, speaking again with john meter perel the outstanding play-by-play man for boston college football and basketball hey uh, meter what do you do in the spring
0: in the spring i am going to be busy mike uh, i'm on the arena football beat for really CBS sports network yes and i was i had my first year doing it last year play-by-play for tv And I'm also going to be doing games for Nesson for the new Worcester franchise, the Massachusetts Pirates. They'll be playing their games at the DCU Center. And I think it's, I don't know if you've ever been to a game, but it is outstanding action. Uh, They had me at hello. It was a (laughs) phenomenal game to call. 50 yards of pure excitement and outstanding hitting, pulsating action. Players are fast. Players are ferocious. They're playing for the love of the game. And arena football is a great option for you. If you're a football junkie like yourself, mm-hmm. you have got to get down to the ECU Center this year or any place. Albany has a new franchise now uh, in the AFL One League, which will be on CBS Sports Network. But So I highly recommend arena football.
1: So you will be working
0: for CBS
1: Sports Network in the spring, is that Correct. Correct. So I want people who want to know how they can get more John Meter Perel. tune in to CBS Sports Network this spring. But I am far from done with you, Meter. I want to ask you about the quarterback that you saw. The one game of mine to me, uh, Meter, that I and I listened to all of your road games, taking Janie and Emma to soccer practice and swim <laughs> practice and all of that. But the one game that stuck out to me that was most entertaining. You know which one I'm going to say, right? This year.
0: This year? Oh, boy. We had a few this year. Go ahead. What are you going to say? Lamar
1: Jackson at Louisville. I thought it was the most oh, yeah. entertaining game that I heard on the radio all season long. You were outstanding, and I want to know from you, how good of a player in person is Lamar Jackson?
0: Well, thank you for saying that. I'm, I'm glad I uh, I'm glad I won precedence over Disney Radio, but um, <laughs> I think think <laughs> Lamar Jackson is simply spectacular, Mike. I mean, he is just – he has the fastest feet I've ever seen. Uh, Pete Cronin and Scott Mewchon, as our sideline reporter, was commenting on how fast he is, how balletic – a word that we love to use, balletic. That's a great way to describe him. In the open field, he's like it's like he's wearing skates and everybody's just slipping and sliding on the ice. It's amazing. He can stop on a dime. I think his arm is underrated. I think he, in the right system, we hear that a lot, but in yep. the right system, he will be a terrific player. It's just a matter of, will you have patience? Are teams going to take a flyer? Is he a first-rounder? I would, yes, I would venture to say he is, just because quarterbacks are so valued now. He's got to be in the top. You know, I'd put him in that Baker Mayfield class. I'd put him in the Josh Rosen, maybe not, because he's not your prototype drop-back pro quarterback. But he's a step below that. And if you want a dynamic athlete, he's your guy.
1: Okay, two things I hear when I hear Lamar Jackson and, and talking to scouts and, and other you know people who watch a lot of college football who would know. Um, two things that would stick out for, with Lamar Jackson that he would definitely have to address at the next level. feet, uh, feet uh, Foot mechanics as he prepares to throw the ball, getting his foundation settled. That's point number one. And point number two, his vision in the red zone, his ability to execute in the red zone. Those two areas were not strong for him. Uh, Would you agree with that?
0: I would agree with that. Uh, Of course, against BC, he was a one-man show this year, and he was last year for that matter. Uh, He's done that so many times. The guy is a vapor trail. Good luck catching him in the open field. Yes, he needs work on his progressions. Yes, he needs work on his footwork. Uh there's a lot of things. He's unrefined. He's definitely unrefined as a passer. I'll totally give you that. But again, if you want to guy to make plays and maybe use him as a specialty type player, uh right off the bat, not a four, you know, not a three down quarterback and maybe just spot him at times if you can if he can afford to do that. Uh he's your guy. I mean, I I, I love him. I think he's outstanding. I think he's uh, again, I think he's underrated. Okay. So you hear the comparison,
1: obviously, to Michael Vick, but there's another comp that I think would be much more suitable for him progressing at the NFL level, and that would be Deshaun Watson. And I'm just curious, you obviously have seen a lot of um, you know Deshaun Watson in his, his days at Clemson and the times he played against Boston College. BC's defense actually gave him a run for his money uh, the year uh, that they won the national championship, two years ago. Um, I want to get yep. your get your sense of whether or not uh, uh, Lamar Jackson has a lot of the similar qualities that Deshaun Watson does now with the Texans.
0: I would define them both as winners, and no one's a better winner than Deshaun Watson, as he proved that at Clemson, one of the top quarterbacks ever. Uh, In their history, if not probably the number one quarterback in Clemson history and one of the top quarterbacks in the ACC, so they both can win. We know that, okay? But I think Deshaun Watson had a distinct edge in his ability to throw the ball, Uh, even though that was again a little underrated when he came out of Clemson. I think he was a little bit more refined in mechanics than Lamar Jackson is coming out of college. I think I think Lamar Jackson has a real strong arm. He whips it in there. Uh, He has that. That throwing motion, it's almost like, uh, you know, it's, it's so loose. It's ridiculous, but he can throw the ball 60 yards. And Deshaun Watson had a little more drop back style that you saw this year with Houston, which Mike, which uh, Billy O'Brien utilized. So I think Deshaun Watson gets it, you know, coming out of school, I'd give him a B plus from a passing perspective coming out of school for Louisville. I'd give Lamar Jackson a C plus B minus in terms of passing.
1: Why is Steve Adazio the right man for Boston College?
0: I think Steve Adazio, I think the best thing that he's done at BC, and I think he's done a lot of good things, but you know what he's done? He's brought the culture back to BC. He's built the program to what Tom O'Brien had it. Uh, the program that O'Brien had, and you, you watched a lot of those games covering it in your many years in Boston. Right. Tom O'Brien was a bastion of consistency. And he won 75 games, and he lost 45. And that you knew what you were going to get. You knew you were going to get a 7 eight, nine win a year, make a run at a top-tier bowl game. A lot of times they lost games they shouldn't have lost. We know that. But he really brought BC back to what it should be. And that's basically what the expectations should be for a BC team. I think, look, we all have expectations. We all have high expectations. Are they going to be a top-10 team? Probably not. But you know what? They could be a top-25 team every year. And I think Steve Adazio, and right now, are they there yet? Not quite. But I think this year they'll make a definite run uh, at the ACC Atlantic title. Clemson's going to be tough, we all know, but they're going to be right there in the mix because they got a lot coming back. Adazio's has done a really good job recruiting. He's brought energy to the program. He's brought a vision to the program. He's brought a stability on the strength side, which is another underrated aspect of any college football team: strength and conditioning. Just Justin Fry leaving will hurt. He went to UCLA as the offensive line coach. They'll have to bring they bring a new offensive line coach in. They bring a new defensive line coach in. There's always some flux and there's some moving parts. But I really like what Adazio has done from a standpoint, Mike, of stabilizing things. Well,
1: and you know it's appropriate. We're t- talking this week, Meter, because Pro Day at Boston College is on Wednesday, um, and I'm just curious to get your feel for when when you go to the pro day do you get that sense in talking to others nfl scouts or nfl people or other uh reporters they are covering it that that the bc program is headed in the right direction because i am of
0: the belief it is well, i think it definitely is there's no doubt about it i mean a couple of years ago everybody was very down, and they should have been because they lost some really bad games and it looked like the program was Headed for some dark days. I mean you could talk to anyone around the program when they went winless in the ACC. They lost games they never should have lost. You could go back to the Duke game, all the woulda coulda shoulda's in that year were brutal. But he turned it around and that's that's what he did so well. And the kids never lost faith. You lost every quarterback that year, you were down to your your you walk on from Wellesley, John Freddoule. They played hard. They almost beat Notre Dame. I know you were there at Family when they almost beat Notre Dame. Yep. A good Notre Dame team with Deshaun Kaiser And John Fadul was playing quarterback along with Jeff Smith, who's now a receiver. I mean, those type of games were kind of launching point-type games because they saw they had it in him at least. And then he goes out and gets one of the top running backs in the country last year that no one recruited outside of Michigan who probably wanted him to play linebacker, and A.J. Dillon. And we all saw what Dylan did last year. I think he's going to be a Heisman contender this year, and he will be for as long as he's at B.C. So you're talking about arguably the best running back B.C. has ever had in A.J. Dylan. So when you have that type of building block and everybody coming back, they're definitely headed in the right direction.
1: I, I am uh, somebody who believes uh, that Steve Adazio – brings energy. Is it hyperbole sometimes? Does he go over the top? Yes, but you know what? He knows that that's part of the sale of Boston College, that he is going to go over the top in convincing people he is there to stay. And I got to tell you, it takes some guts to do that, especially when people, when he kn- he knew when there was a new athletic director coming in, that all eyes would be on him. That his job was essentially on the line. And for that team to start off, uh, I believe they were two and five, right, Meter? What what were they this year? Well, they won five out of the last
0: seven games. Yes. Yeah. So, so they finished they, they finished. You know, you're looking at a seven and six year, which you know, clearly. Again, I hate to play this game, but you want You're talking. You're talking a quarter away from being nine and four.
1: Oh, there's no... Right. Uh, And I just think that when you see the scrutiny Boston College comes under, um, they welcome the scrutiny because that means they're relevant, right, Meter? I mean, that's the whole thing, and that's Adazio's game, is he knows that he has got to pump that... He's got to pump up the volume at Boston College for people to pay attention to him. Okay, enough about Steve Adazio. I want to get on to your man crush with matt ryan and whether or not you think matt ryan is eventually going to win a super bowl and why
0: yeah yeah oh boy the million dollar question yeah i think he will i think matt ryan will win a super bowl i think matt ryan will always have his critics matt ryan will always have people say he throws too many key interceptions matt ryan will always have people say he's too slow matt ryan will always have people say he's not fiery enough but you know what If you give Matt Ryan the talent, like we saw two years ago, awful coaching, terrible coaching by Shanahan in the Super Bowl. I think Dan Quinn also melted down as well. That was absolutely the worst. Uh, And I give them a lot of the, uh, you know, a lot. The Patriots should give them rings for what went on in that second half of them melting down. Uh, but Matt Ryan, if you give him that type of talent, he already has it with Julio Jones, and there's a lot of weapons there, and he'll tell you that they're pretty well stocked. Why wouldn't he win a Super Bowl? I mean, his defense, yeah, a lot of part, a lot of that's about your defense. Are they going to be good enough? I mean, he can only do so much, but I think Matt Ryan, you got to be patient. He's a $150 million quarterback. He's got to renegotiate soon. If Kirk Cousins is worth three years and $84 million guaranteed, Ryan's worth double that, isn't he?
1: I I would think so, considering what he should have accomplished back uh, in 2016. Look, you know Matt Ryan, and part of what I'm getting to here uh, in asking that question meter is the personality that Matt Ryan has to deal with what he went through in Super Bowl 51. There are quarterbacks who, and teams for that matter, who would go through an emotionally gut-wrenching loss, a transformative loss that could just absolutely send you down the spiral and you tell me why what what is it in matt ryan's makeup that keeps that from happening
0: because he's extremely mentally tough and that all goes back to his upbringing it all goes back to a kid who never once had someone say to him hey matt you're the chosen one you're our guy you know you are going to be the guy we build a program around And i think even though it was yeah, maybe that happened when he was drafted in the first round and he was a top-ten pick, and I think the Falcons told him that. But until he got to that point, that didn't happen at B.C. It didn't happen back in Exton, Pennsylvania, growing up outside Philadelphia, when everybody thought he could maybe be an option quarterback, and he was running the option in high school. And Tom O'Brien recruited him maybe. Yeah, hey, you might be a second or third stringer. We'll see where it goes. And every time he's had that chip on his shoulder, Mike, he's knocked it off, and that's a huge boulder. Super Bowl Fifty One, but he he has the mental capacity to get through it, and he I think it starts with his upbringing. It really does. It starts with his dad, as an outstanding guy, who's one of the best, nicest parents I've ever met at BC. And you know, forget about that. What they made him, you could tell that Matt Ryan was going to be a hell of a hell of a man, and a great father, and a great husband, and just kind of a pillar of the community. And that's one of the main reasons why. Arthur Blank drafted him. Forget about football. He saw what type of man Matt Ryan is, and I think you talk to anybody you dealt with him in the media. Always has a good thing. Always has a smile on his face. Easy to deal with. Yeah, he's not the best interview in the world, but who cares? I mean, you know, it's. I think that's by design. He doesn't want to let too many people in. Uh, But you know, I I can't say anything bad about Matt Ryan. It's well documented. Is you know, yeah, I admit I have a man crush on him. We all have our man crushes in yep. mind. Hey, uh do you stay
1: in touch with him? Do you have the
0: opportunity I do that... want to, I I do sometimes. I mean, once in a while I'll send him a text to congratulate him on a big achievement or a big game or you know, like everything else everything gets lost. I think he's kind of uh kind of busy and trying to uh figure out what's what's going on in Atlanta, but I you know, he when he, he's the type of guy when he comes back to BC and he did last year when his when his jersey went up you know, I took five to ten pictures with my kids. Uh, it was like I saw him, you know, yesterday when it was been five years since I last saw him. So he's that type of guy. Him, Both him and Keekly, when they came back last year, it was like, you know, a brother's coming back. They're that type of guy.
1: Well, I mean, and I obviously, being from Cincinnati, have a very soft spot for Luke Keekley I, and I remember writing this at the time meter that I thought Luke Keekley would have been the perfect Patriot linebacker um, for oh, all God, of the yeah. thing, all of the things he could have done. And I wrote that when, when Luke Kuechly uh, was a sophomore at BC and I, you could, you could tell the way he read and reacted as an inside linebacker. He was going to be something special. It's just, it's remarkable to me meter how much talent has come through Boston College, and I just don't think people appreciate sometimes the level of talent that has been produced, the NFL talent, great NFL talent that has been pr- produced at Boston
0: College. They don't. That's a great point, Mike. I'm glad you brought it up, because think about how many players they produce. Think about the offensive linemen. Think about on the defensive side. You can go back to the 70s if you want. And, and Pete Cronin, who I work with every Saturday, is one of those guys. Those are the type of guys that BC started with that brought BC back to football prominence. I mean, 60s and 70s, they just kind of were starting to emerge. Then, of course, they went through the 0-11 campaign. Fred Smurlis, one of the borderline NFL Hall of Famer. he was part of that 0-11 team, as was Mike Mayock. So every year, Mike, it seems like they have three or four guys like they do this year that are going to be good pros. And they might not be first-rounders, but these are guys you want on your team. And especially on the offensive line. I mean, the other thing about Adazio, I mean, he's made a living as a really good offensive line coach, and he takes pride in that. And he'll tell you, you know, the Pounceys in Florida, he brings them up a lot. And those are the type of guys he looks for. He looks for the road graders, the Maulers, and what NFL coach wouldn't want to have one of those type of guys?
1: Okay, I'm going to wrap this up by asking you your favorite Boston College football memory, play-by-play, and your favorite basketball one. Because, you know, we really didn't even talk uh, about how much basketball you've done and how uh, the BC uh, Hoops program is starting to turn it around. But I want want to get your favorite highlight, football
0: and basketball? Boy, that's a loaded question. I think the football side, you got to go back to Matt Ryan's senior year and a rainy night in Blacksburg, Virginia, when BC was just emerging as a top-five team. And, yes, that's right, they were ranked number two after beating Virginia Tech, a favorite Virginia Tech team, that night, 14-10, to 10, thanks to Matt Ryan's final five-minute drive, which for 55 minutes BC was brutal, and Virginia Tech was brutal on offense. No one could score. It was a sled pull. It was horrible conditions. We didn't even think they might not even play the game because – it was raining sideways, but there, there's that mental toughness again from Matt Ryan. He pulled it out with a pass to Andre Callender in the corner of the end zone. It was actually right below us at Virginia Tech, and you know that was just a tremendous moment. I could tell you, you know, I've had a lot this year. AJ Dillon's breakout in Louisville, uh, his run to the races in the shadows of Churchill Downs and 270 yards—that was phenomenal. I mean, the the, the fact that he basically Threw down a defensive back like he was a, a 50-pound flea. It was an unbelievable run. Um, also, from a basketball perspective, I think you got to go this year and Duke beating number one Duke at County Forum. Uh, talk about unexpected. That was unexpected. No one, no one thought coming in BC had a chance. We all thought Duke was a borderline pro team with Marvin Bagley and Grayson Allen and Wendell Carter and Trayvon Duvall and Gary Trent. And BC throughout that game, Mike, they beat them soundly. And Mike Shoshevsky did not adjust. He was flummoxed by Kai Bowman and Jerome Robinson. BC had every opportunity to lose the game, but they didn't. They held on, and that to me is a testament to what Jim Christian's doing now. They're starting to build a culture. It's going to be a slow process because it's so hard in the ACC to win consistently in basketball. You know that Al Skinner did a great job, but the ACC was down then certainly on an upward plane now and BC winning 19 games this year was a step in the right direction.
1: Yeah, and if they hadn't lost two games late uh in the season in which they led, I am of the belief I think they might have made the NCAA tournament. It would have been they certainly would have been right there on the bubble but um, it's been great, Meter, catching up like this. Uh, we got to do this more often and have you back on this Patriots Beat podcast on CLNS Media. It's just, it's been a blast. I want you to tell people how they can follow you on social media now.
0: Well, you can follow me on social media uh, at Tweets, and that's M E A T S tweets. So I always always got uh, roundly criticized for that uh, Twitter handle when I was at WEEI. uh, Jerry Callahan and company but we went with it Mike and we're sticking with it it meets tweets and uh, you know I look forward to joining you anytime thank you and best of luck on this endeavor you're doing great work as always
1: I appreciate that meter and uh, one one more plug for your CBS Sports Network uh, work this spring
0: yes I look forward to that Uh, with arena football and also check out Nessun's coverage of the Mass Pirates from the DCU center. That's going to be a lot of fun too. And you never know, Mike, what's going to come down the pike. We're always, uh, we're always looking here and it's always uh, fun to catch up with old friends like yourself. And, and uh, it's nice to hear that uh, people still remember us, Mike.
1: Yes. And we need to keep our names out in the forefront and uh, this show will help us do that. No doubt about it. Get daily team updates on the Patriots newsfeed podcast, it is available on the CLNS Media New England Patriots post-game show feed. It's available on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, and the CLNS Media mobile app. Thanks again for downloading today's Patriots Beat. want to once again thanks our, thank our great guest, John Mita perel the play-by-play voice of Boston College football and basketball. You can follow him on Twitter at meets, Tweets. that's M E A T S. T W E E T S. You can also give us a follow at two locations at Patriots CLNS and at CLNS Media. Of course, give my own personal account a follow at TRAGS T R A G S. Today's sponsor, HIMS. For Patriots content manager, Mike Alonji, CLNS Media, executive producer, Larry H. Russell, the founder of the network, Nick Jelso, thanks to everyone who tuned in. This is Mike Petralia, and this is the Patriots Beat Podcast, powered by CLNS Media. What's going on, Pass Nation? This is Marvin Zone of the CLNS Media Network, and I'm here to tell you right now to check out the CLNS Media New England Patriots post game show hosted by myself and my co host, Mr. Mike Nice. And live on CLNS Radio,
0: immediately after every single pass game. Call in at 929-477-2386, toll free to get your voice heard and contribute to the host breakdown and analysis of the latest Patriots contest. We also got the stars and sorries of the day, Twitter posts for the plays of the game, and everything else that is going on with the five-time Super Bowl champion. Subscribe to CLN's Media New England Patriots Postgate Show on iTunes and Stitcher. And the best way, download the free CLN's Media Network mobile app for on-demand listening anytime, anyplace, anywhere.